What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt podcast. Uh, Jim Gerhardt, Bob Williams, of course. Uh, we, I think there was a promo that went out or, or a notice that we talk a little bit about the carton situation, which I have done before. Craig uh, uh, Carton just uh, reported for his jail sentence. reported for jail. I'm trying to find out where they sent him, which, but I, th- I do not know yet. I believe it was uh, uh, in the Catskills. Now, what I'd like to do, I'd like to have, the, have your comments about it, your feelings about this. I certainly have made mine known. Matter of fact, one of my Jeremiads went what they call viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, viral, right? viral. Viral. <laughs> well, no, viral. It's viral. contagious. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, I would like to know, you know if you have a response. As you know. And uh, we, he worked here for, what, three years? Five, five years. Five years. Was 2002 to 2006. Yeah, and just to tell you the impression that he left here, I, I say that Judy Franco made me the happiest person in the world. She made a lot of people happy when she came in one day and says, he's going, Carton's leaving. And it was almost like, you know, a fiesta broke out. I expected the mariachi band, you know, and dancing in the streets. Uh, because he had made a lot of people here very, very unhappy, and he uh, notably seemed to be on my case for whatever his reason was. So uh, let's see what we've got here. I can't, I can't see, uh, Lou, I cannot see the whole message there. Uh, there we go. Okay. This is uh, Lisa. Lisa, Lisa Basil. Uh, Basil. Basil. Okay, she said he's a bully, took it to the extreme, and now he's got to pay. Don't feel bad for him. I think a lot of people would feel that way about it. And this is Jim. Batola. Batola Jim says he, well, we used a term here indicating ecstatic mm-hmm. emotional feelings he, uh, <laughs> by, by attempting to make a fool out of Ray Rossi, who I consider a stand-up guy. Yes, Ray, Ray is a good guy. He's an excellent broadcaster. Right. But Ray was put into a, a situation there as a, they wanted a team. And, and, and they wanted to call it Jersey sidekick. Guys. And Ray is a Jersey Guys ever there was one. And uh, so, unfortunately, Ray had to sort of subdue his own role, his personality, and play second banana for a person who did things that I think Ray in his wildest dream would not do, because he certainly does not have uh, and as far as anger. And as far as time on the mic, uh, Craig uh-huh. uh, spoke for about 80% of the time, and, and Ray's uh, big thing was, yeah, you're right, Chief, you're right there, cuz. Well, that, that was, that was his whole thing. Yeah. No, that, that's uh, indubitably, yeah. indubitably. And, and, of course, he used to, every morning he'd come down and he'd do, what, 20 minutes bashing me. No, I don't know why. Never met him. Never said a word about him. Uh, but he'd start that, and then Ray, of course, had to sit there and agree with it, which I'm, I'm sure he was a little bit embarrassed by. Okay, this is uh, this is for you and uh, your comments. So I'll try to cut back a little bit on mine. I think you've heard this. Let's go to John Kern, and let's see. We have to paraphrase here as much paraphrase as much as I couldn't stand that. Uh, what should we say, sphincter? And I, yep, something uh, like that. Yeah. Craig Carton. He was always there for Mikey Nichols. And Mikey Nichols, a hockey player who was injured, and yes, he did that. He was very selective in his uh, uh, what uh, charity uh, charitable type work. 
uh, because he had to do that to balance out the very bad reputation he was getting. That was notable in the case when he jumped on uh, Governor Cody. He, he just completely was uh, just unspeakably rude about Governor Cody's wife, Mary Jane Cody, who's a wonderful person. And he got so much bad uh, publicity response to that. Uh, even the governor was going to come in and wipe up the parking lot with him. As yeah, I we said. were we but, were concerned that the governor came in. He had to stay. Yeah, you he were, was you doing were here. Well, I wasn't, but he had the Ask the Governor show. Yeah, right. And uh, it it was kind of hairy, from what I understand. <laughs> it was kind of heated. Yeah. When they, when they saw each other in the uh, hallway, something like, didn't Cody say, I, I should knock your block off? Yeah, and the state police uh, security, which of course he had with him, sort of broke the thing up. But then immediately. Seeing that there was bad response, Carton comes back. He's going to start a foundation for postpartum depression. Ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, if it works, I guess it's helpful for people. I think Carton's uh, a very con con conflicted individual. Well, I've got, I'm not a psychologist, yeah. but I, I think I can understand what goes on in his head. Uh, this is a, uh, it's something that narcissism is, is an asset to performers. It would be very difficult to perform without some sense. I would sum up a little, it was a fantasy or what, when he goes off to his final reward and he stands before the throne of God, this magnificent, you know, whatever setting that he's in, and as the people line up to come by to be judged, the uh, God will say, you know, what do you have to say for yourself? So when Carton gets there, uh, God looks down from the throne and says, and however God would express himself, what do you have to say for yourself? Carton's response when looking back up at God in the throne is, what I have to say is, what are you doing in my seat? Uh, I think, but, but this is kind of no. something that's locked into the neural uh, commotion that goes on in the brain. Well, incarceration does uh, strange uh, things to people, and I don't know, you've got to hope that it's going to be a positive uh, let, experience. Let me do a little bit of this. Uh, can I see the uh, the other part of the screen? Is that possible there? Oh, okay. Len Moore. Th our old buddy Len Moore. Person, i I got to say who worked here. He was a, a great person who doesn't anymore, but was there. Uh, he said, uh, it says nothing about Jim hating Craig Carton. In fact, if you listen to Jim, you'd know how he feels about the entire situation. Uh, I bet Jim will take the high road like he did before. So let's listen before comment. I worked there, and I know the whole truth about how it went down when Carton was around. And uh, anyway, I won't read the rest of it because it's along that line. So I'm I'll, read, I'll read it. He, okay, Len, Len says, read it. Jim is a gentleman and has more class than Carton could ever dream of having. Uh, Len guarantees this, this podcast here will not be Jim spewing hate. That's not Jim's style. I, I don't think there's any, uh, at the time, I would rise to the, the level of hate. But it certainly was very unpleasant. It was very depressing to have somebody bash you every day and you can't bash back. And it's, and it's I, questionable uh, because we're all on the same team. We're all trying to present yeah. the radio station mm -hmm. to the public and to pit uh, one faction of the station against the other just for whatever reason. Yeah. It was just such a cancerous, toxic situation. Yeah, he kept everything very stewed up and uh, just kept going, wouldn't let up. Uh, uh, you remember, uh, oh, Patrick, who did the program with me when you were mm -hmm. out for your operation, he uh, recalled an incident that he had talked to a person who was a producer at the station at the time Carton was here. And, and this person told him, that uh, told Patrick Lavery, 
He said, my first recollection is, my biggest recollection, the day I walked in, my first day, I walked in the newsroom, and here was Carton physically abusing <laughs> one of the newsmen. Because the newsman presumably was not attributing all the news to Carton. <laughs> he, he used to do this thing, but my sources tell me, I have these sources for heaven's sweet sake. <laughs> I, I think, you know, make another kind of a side analogy here, the personality. Uh, remember in South Park, uh, Cartman, little Cartman, little Cartman, who also had a problem with his <laughs> narcissism. Well, a bit. And one time, and these are what eighth graders or something of this sort. He, no, not no. I think he's eight years old or okay. whatever, whatever the little kids are. And they had a thing in town to go in and let kids participate in public life. He was made police chief of a day. Well, he took it seriously. So the thing is, and I have a T-shirt with a picture. I should have worn it today. He's riding around on his Hot Wheels with a stick, whacking everybody, saying, "Yield to my authority." <laughs> Remember that? Yep. My, yep. My, yeah. So I think this is what we're doing. Isn't, and isn't uh, it funny how cartoon characters never age? They're still that same age, even though it was 25 years ago when the South Park yeah. came out. They're still, they're still in there. Well, yeah, but you know they they've tried that with shows, but it doesn't work. Right, when the cast starts aging. You know, they jump the shark. Bart Simpson is still what twelve years old. I think the only remark that I ever made about him on the air, and I didn't mention by name, mm -hmm. but I had referred to, and I think people understood who I was talking about, that uh, here was a peanut who thought itself to be a dirigible, and I think that was part of the thing. Alice uh, Prognier. Yeah. says he got to thinking he was a big shot. Big shots are always brought down sooner or later. Well, you see, I have to, I limit my, uh, my feelings uh, on the time he was here. After that, I have no idea. I never heard him. I don't know what he was doing. I would imagine, my guess is that first thing uh, out of the box, he'd go after Mike Francesa because Mike was older and established person, right. as from, I had been From here. what we've seen and heard, that's exactly what happened over there. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't want to beat this forever. Right. Uh, this is Brian Applegate. If someone was being toxic around me and infecting me with their negativity, I'd refuse to forgive that person, choose to move on with my life. That's exactly how I feel about Craig Carton. Also, he's a con artist, uh, artist and a jerk. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's Brian's thing. As I said before, I, it's very hard. I'm very ambivalent. Uh, it's, uh, I, I can forgive him because there's a lot of time gone by, and I can try to understand some of the, uh, uh, oh, what would you say, the, uh, the stuff that goes on in the yeah. wiring in the right. head, uh, the psychology of it, <laughs> if you want. And people like that do not get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be like that. I'm going to try to trash anybody who doesn't yield to me as the supreme being, uh, because it can't help it. This is the way it's wired. But, I don't know if therapy helps. But, and, but look at the way his career it, you know, it was so successful even after he left New Jersey 101.5. Mm -hmm. He had the world on a string. He had everything. He was working at a high-rated station in New York City. Mm -hmm. He had tickets to all the great sporting events. He had a network of celebrities and contacts. He had a, a Rolodex that you wouldn't, that you would dream of having, of being able to call anybody, and he just lost it all. He just blew it all on an addiction. Well, and it completely crashed him down. He hit rock bottom, and he completely lost, lost everything. You know, I wonder if that doesn't go with the psychology of this, because if you have that type personality, uh, this self-absorption and sort of almost feelings of uh, what aggrandizement about yourself, which we're saying, and again, not with any psychological authority, but uh, 
I wonder how what that had to do with gambling, because you must believe also that you can't lose. That's it. Wouldn't you think that that's would be part and, of it? And that's thing? the way he apparently felt right up to mm-hmm. the end. He, he, he mm-hmm. felt he couldn't lose. Okay. Lost his family, lost everything. And, I mean, that's me. I just feel terrible for the family. I, I, mm-hmm. I just well, what do. Well, one does, yeah. Uh, Tom Wilkins, only Craig can answer for himself. Uh, I cannot remember a personality being talked about more regionally than Carton. Getting more piss, uh, more publicity than Marv Alpert did when he was doing <laughs> oh, yeah. Marv Alpert. Right. <laughs> that was that this, was silliness. That was small potatoes. That was silly. It's yeah. really about somebody who actually has hurt a lot of people. Yeah. And I don't know that uh, he came out with a self-serving piece about uh, redemption and how he's uh, redeeming himself and going. I hope he does. Mm-hmm. I hope he does because it's very possible that maybe he will have some metanoia yeah. experience. And say, oh, my God, I was this kind of a person. Now I'm going to make it up again. Right. It would be good. It would be right. excellent because he's a very talented person. There's no doubt about that. But it's how, how, you, uh, how you used it. So uh, You want to move on to something else? And if people have more Craig uh, Carton comments, we'll come back to that. You want to do that? Or what do you want to do? Okay. Um, gosh, we have a lot of people uh, who wanted to say things? I tell you what. Why don't we? Why don't we move a little bit and do something yeah. a little bit lighter? Yeah. But if, and, and if somebody has somebody, a see uh, the, the thing is that this, this is really you know complex sort of a thing. One's reaction to to something like that. A person who had harassed you for what five years you said for no reason, and then you find out it's very hard for something down deep inside. A little devil, you know, sitting on the right, right shoulder, telling the angel on the left to shut up that, uh, oh boy, wow, look at this, he got it. But I try not well, to do that. You, now, coming, you coming from the generation of character and respect and integrity, mm-hmm. having to deal with a, a later generation that was not raised on those principles in, of in, life, yeah. it's, it's quite a clash. In fairness, it's almost necessary for a career in this type of broadcasting to create controversy. That's unfair. Because people now are trained to, whether they're listening in a car or where it is, they want something tactile, something they can feel. Now, what have you got to turn on some physical response, sex, which we don't do or didn't do, or outrage, anger, to stir up? And this is what people who are consultants in the business will say, look, you've got to get, you've got to come on, you've got to stir them up. But, uh, okay, here's somebody who says, welcome back, good to, good to see you. Uh, Hope your family's doing well. Yes, thank you. Thank you for, uh, well, anyway, uh, I do appreciate that. Family's good. The boys, just quickly, you know, people ask about how the sons are. They grew up while I was on the station. They were in and out. Uh, Jonathan, my uh, my youngest son, who became a, something of a hero in uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq, he was a, uh, in a fleet marine, which he was, he was a, a, a combat medic with advanced marine divisions in Afghanistan. Unhappily, he was he was safe himself, but he saw things that a human being should not have to see. But he's doing well. He's back. He's working uh, as a uh, uh, in a new administration for I think it's all the armed forces together, a health institute they have in Washington right now. Uh, my son Christian, the older son, was working with a tour company. And he was uh, taking tours through the uh, the Amazon, the yeah, jungle. South America, right? Yeah, he also was kind of curious. He was in the Navy for eight years. He got out of the Navy, went right to work for a Navy contractor, and then ended up in Iquitos, Peru, working 
at, from home mm-hmm. for the Navy contractor. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> so, Sounds like a pretty neat job to me. I, I didn't ask, but anyway, they're very happy. Yeah. Manfred, my uh, dog, uh, just is recovering now from a, a procedure he had. This was a beautiful Doberman who has one ear up, like Dobermans do. The other mm-hmm. ear was flopping. So I could also leave it like that and say that was a compromise. The PETA people couldn't get after me because they don't like cropping ears. <laughs> so I only cropped one. Oh. <laughs> so they can only they can only throw one or two stones, you know, at my house over. Yeah. Anyway, let, let's uh, let's move here. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. We will work this out. How it's what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, Bob, you had to comment talking about another person who was very very big, who suddenly got chopped down, and that is... O.J. Simpson. We just passed the 25-year anniversary of the uh, murders of his uh, ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ron Perlman, and Ron, Ron, uh, no, I'm sorry, Ron Goldman. And um, the murders happened uh, the week of July, uh, June t- uh, 12th, and this past Monday, the 17th, was the 25th anniversary of the big slow-speed chase of O.J. <laughs> in the white Bronco with yeah. A.C. Cowens out in Los Angeles. So in commemoration, or I get maybe coincidence, I think it was more than planned, O.J. Simpson now is on Twitter, Jim. Who <laughs> isn't everybody? Well, Except me. N- now O.J. Simpson for the first time. There's a lot of uh, fake accounts out there, but O.J. Simpson has created his own... Uh, his own account, and it's called the Real OJ32. And would you believe this? Within four or five days, seven hundred and fifty thousand people <laughs> have followed OJ Simpson's account. Oh, but what did they say? There, it's basically the funniest thing on the internet now. They're all OJ will put out a daily tweet about how he wants to clear things up. He wants to get make get even with uh, some people that have had their way with him on the internet for years. So he puts out a daily post and then everybody else comments on it and it's all <laughs> jokes. It's like, you know, killer comment, OJ, or you know, somebody's asking uh, for advice like, OJ, my wife cheated on me. What should I do? <laughs> you know, it's such a shame. <laughs> this he was yeah. such a great football player. Yeah. And he had a pretty good acting career going. Yeah. I can still remember him flipping down, you know, through the the stadium in the wheelchair when they oh, pushed yeah. him. Oh yeah, as Norberg, right? Yeah. On, uh, on Norberg, the Norberg, yeah, yeah. yeah. On, uh, what was that uh, police squad or whatever? Uh, well, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, oh, and the jokes are funny, Jim. Another one is what do uh, what does O.J. Simpson and the Pittsburgh Steelers have in common? Both kill the Browns. Well, on my. And a lot, one, lot of amateurs. And, and, and one of my favorite yeah. ones is, is a little bit crazy, but we're on we're on uh, Facebook, so we can do this. All right, what is the difference between Colonel Sanders and O.J. Simpson? Well, Colonel Sanders cuts up his chicks first, and then he batters them. <laughs> that's, that's just that's just a sample. So you tune in every day. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, I people are tuning in, and the people are just saying it's the funniest thing. It's it's called the real O.J. 32. That's his and Twitter handle. On, anybody on, can, on Twitter. and I'm on it every day. It's the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. When you're having a bad day, just go to the OJ Twitter feed. You'll feel better. So any comments you have, and I wanted to mention again, because I catch myself doing it, we have a lot of stuff coming up on a screen, which is just to the side. And I can be talking with you and looking at the screen, which I know is impolite. But uh, that's uh, the, the setup. Uh, the uh, Anything else you've got? No, I was going to say, if you want to talk about the uh, the budget at some point, I just got one question for you, and you've been doing this for a lot of time. Yeah. And you're, 
and you and Eric Scott are really in tune to what's been going on. I just want to know, why the heck do we have to go through this last-minute budget uh, negotiations bef- with, with the threat of a government, a state government shutdown every stinking year come around this time, right before July 4th? Well, why is it? It's, it's just built into the system. This is how they're using leverage because you've got a few weeks between the presentation of the budget and the finalization of the budget the governor signs or doesn't and the end of June. And so everybody is is rooster fighting Hmm. over issues. Now, the governor has a big one here, which to me is fascinating, and that is about the governor's wish that uh, they impose the so-called millionaire's tax. I don't know this time around. Every time the millionaire's tax has come up, there have been different figures that would qualify a person as a millionaire. <laughs> One time I got down to 250000 a year, which, uh, you know, a family of two school teachers is going to be millionaires and overtaxed. I don't know how much it is, but uh, the, he wants this tax to balance the budget, and there's supposed to be a good number of millions of dollars there that the, uh, what, I had a figure here, how many hundred, it was a sizable amount of money that would bring in from taxing the people who were in that category. The legislature will not go along with it, and of course Sweeney is aligned with them. So part of this is the Sweeney So this is a big uh, showdown between Murphy and Sweeney. Bout, yeah, it's not the steel cage grudge mat, yeah, match yet, but they're going to the mat over a lot of things. And this is one of them, and it's just the way they do. But what I thought was interesting now, and you talk about this going down to the wire, the governor has finally resorted to a weapon that they have, and that is trotting out the mercenaries. This is something (laughs) leaders who do. Uh, You get this all the time. You you get, uh, who is it, Maduro in Venezuela? Mm. You know, when he got in trouble, he called out the army, who was all getting paid, you know, for this thing. There's not anybody else down there supporting that we know of. Uh, and this, of course, historically, this is done. So he's called out the stormtroopers, which are the public workers' unions. And they had a press conference with the governor, and he was backed by union, uh, heads of unions. And they are all threatening now. See, here is my point. This seems to be mobilizing this force, calling them out, almost like a medieval baron who, when he wanted to do something or got in trouble, he would call in the peasantry, people who depended on him to eat, right. <laughs> which the public workers' unions, you could get you know, very close to that yeah. uh, sort of a thing. So now they're going to mobilize, and they are going to apparently, as one union leader said, to say we're disappointed is an understatement. And he says, look at my brothers and sisters up here today. We won't be fooled again. We'll be at your office. We'll be on the phones. See? see? Harassment. (laughs) So he's calling on some harassment by the public workers' unions who owe him big time. He owes them big time. They're the ones that basically got him elected. Sort of a relationship. So this, to me, is interesting because something like this could get nasty. Uh, But also, you see, there's another element here. By doing that, he is also pitting... Sweeney, his uh, opposition in government within the same his party. own party, yeah. but he, his opponent in there, he's, he's getting one up there because Sweeney's already kind of in the outhouse with the public workers' unions for having cooperated with uh, Chris Christie early in the Christie before Christie left the, the state to pursue other yeah. <laughs> opportunities, uh, and so this would also drive a little bit more wedge between the two. Now, interestingly, now the members of the legislature are going to have to make a decision now. 
uh, which side to be on. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on both sides. But I do know that going back to the early uh, time when the unions had uh, taken umbrage at Sweeney's cooperation, they were causing him a lot of trouble in the building, in the house. Uh, there, there are, it, 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 uh, it's a minor bit of harassment, so how far the harassment will go, I do not know. But anyway, that's going to be an interesting yeah. thing to watch. A couple of comments. Uh, Jay okay. Lynn says, it's the millionaire's tax is not going to fix anything. I've got you know something about that. Uh, we've got one more call about that. Uh, John Harris, Jr., hates taxes, but the reality is that no New Jersey governor in recent history has been able to achieve the state's financial woes yet. So Murphy is trying this. Yeah, now, here's, you see, I don't have any problem with the millionaire's tax. I mean, some of these people, if you look at it, we had a story last week that the, some of these people are paying $200,000 a year in property tax. Yeah. Now, if they're willing to do that, throwing a few bucks into the pot yeah. does not bother me at all. Also, this could, if used wisely, now that's the catch. Very little money is it comes into the state. This could be a way to get the, uh, a lot of the property taxes, over half of it, off the back of the taxpayers, because this could, be, this could be money that would fund education, as the state's supposed to do. So you would not be paying the education part of your property taxes, the school part, which would be about a half savings. Now, as far as I, I looked up some statistics, the, uh, so far as the argument goes that these millionaires, these rich people who pay the lion's share of taxes anyway, they're going to leave the state. All right, now here is the actual fact. New Jersey has 9 million people, roughly, population. There are 293,992 people who are, quote, millionaires, who, through their filings and the like, have right. uh, incomes of that. That's almost 300,000. Now, that would be about 3% of the population. Hmm. And yet, we find out that out of 293,992 millionaires, 4,700, they think, left the state possibly because of that. Whew, that's, you know that's how many crazy. that is? That's sizable. That is 0.015%. Hmm. 4,700 sounds big, but when you take that percentage of 300,000, yeah. it's, uh, it's less than a percent. Okay. So I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't have any problem with that. Now, what you have a problem with is the process and, of course, the results, what they're going to do with it. Okay, William Brewer says, used to be the mafia that was intertwined in the unions. Now it's politicians. Uh, that's why unions are run like the government and both are run like the mafia. Uh, it's very, they're very powerful. I urge again, since you brought up the, 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 the mob, a uh, piece by Steve Malanga, who's a great New Jersey writer and observer of the political scene. He's with the New Jersey Journal. And he wrote a piece called The Mob That Whacked New Jersey. <laughs> and it's a brilliant short delineation of how the unions came in once they were allowed to form unions, which was in the 50s. Before that, they couldn't unionize. The reason they couldn't unionize, and it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because uh, Steve Sweeney, who is president of the Iron Workers Union, this is why he got in trouble with the union. He was seeing this from the real world unions. Right. In the real world union, your benefits depend on your productivity, really. If the company's not doing well, you don't do well. Uh, and yet the public workers unions, once they're allowed to form, this is an enchanted kingdom. They can't lose because the money does not come from any kind of productivity, heaven knows, in many cases. It simply comes from the fact that you can take money from the treasury. 
or the politicians can, and in return, you give the politicians support when they're running for re-election. So that, that's the basic uh, equation there. So uh, let's see. Uh, Bruce Eden, time for a governor with backbone to tell the public unions to negotiate reasonably to cut platinum health benefits and pensions or bankruptcy will follow. Now, Bruce, Bruce, I don't think we're going to see that anytime. No, so. Bruce, I don't know if you saw this, or, would, or you, Bob. Last Sunday, there was a program on Frontline on public broadcasting. Anybody here see that? Dan, did you see that? Or Lou? And it's about that very thing. And it was all the states who are really going under bankrupt and are being prevented from using money for things that are productive to the population because they have sold out to the public workers' unions. And the huge debt and the huge um, under... Uh, so, fund so, they have for that to, to the so benefit. So what was the uh, the rub on that? Was, I don't like know. Other states I were... taped it and I was going to watch yeah. it last night, but I thought if I do, I'll get sick to my stomach. Yeah. I, w- I, I would I presume without watching it that other states would be more successful in achieving that uh, initiative as opposed to right here in New Jersey. Well, everybody knows that's a problem in New Jersey. What is it? Hundreds of millions of dollars now underfunded in the pension system and they keep passing them out. Yeah. Why do they keep passing them out? Well, here's the group that's of voters. mercenaries the governor can call in right. when he wants They're them. voters, yeah. just like the uh, illegal immigrants that are getting driver's license in New York. Okay, you that's know, so coming, much. That's coming here, too. Do you, you remember Long John Nebel? I've heard a couple of his Long air John checks, Nebel yes. was a legend in He's New York funny. broadcasting. He did an all-night show, and I knew John and worked with him. as the old WNBC. John was a great guy. But what he could do, he had a six-hour show at night, and they could sit there all that time and do anything they wanted. Yeah. And I always envied that. Oh, here's a fun... I heard some of his uh, tapes. But he was... Anybody... I'm going to do an aside here, as long as I brought the name up. Long John Nebel, one time, right after I went to work for WNBC, in fact, I think is maybe the day I went on the air, John and Henry Morgan, remember Henry Morgan? Mm-hmm, he yeah. was on some of the, the shows. They said, hey, you want to come down with us, kid? Come down and uh, we have a cup of coffee in the, in the, in the, in the, the drugstore. And that's the RCA building you know, up on 6th Avenue. So we go down and sit in the drugstore. First thing they do, Morgan picks up the New York Times, turns to the obituary page. <laughs> he says, this is what you do when you get old. Uh, but John Nubble, God bless him, he said, look, I know you. this is new. you got a new job here. Would you like any money? Are you, and he reached out to his pocket. He said, how, you want $1,000. You can give it back to me whenever you can. Oh, how kind was I that? I didn't take it. Wow. But, Just uh, a gesture. But there, there are great people in this business. Yeah. Okay, so. eating up the time here, Bob. Uh, uh, you got anything else on your oh, list? Oh, Lenny Dykstra. He hit the news again this week, Jim. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra, and I'm sure some of you... <laughs> He's hitting news fog. like he used to do curveballs. Oh, my God. Yeah. The latest Lenny Dykstra saga was over the weekend. He, was, he, he lives in Linden or Union County. So, as the story goes, he was having lunch at a Jersey Mike's. So, Lenny's got uh, dental problems, so he's apparently has an $80,000 denture. <laughs> So picture Lenny inside the restaurant at a Jersey Mike's. All right, he takes out his dentures, puts them on the table on a on a napkin, starts to bite into a delicious Jersey Mike sub. Starts gu- starts gumming it. He yes. starts gumming it. Starts gumming it. Chopping it. Enjoys it, and then he totally forgets that he left his dentures on the table. So he leaves. He's in a panic. He gets home. First of all, how do you re- how do you walk out not knowing you don't have your teeth in your mouth? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be? I don't look forward to that. I know. <laughs> so uh, loses his teeth. He calls the restaurant. Hey, I left my teeth there. <laughs> um, has anyone seen them? <laughs> I left them on a tissue or whatever. And they said no. Everything was thrown away. 
So Lenny says, I can't afford to lose these. $80,000 dentures, they were made with bone marrow, as the story goes. What? That's what Lenny said. So Lenny starts to uh, jump into the dumpster behind the Jersey Mike's in Linden <laughs> and starts doing a little denture dunture, uh, de- well, denture dumpster diving. How did he know somebody threw him out? Or he's just the, the workers that the, said that the they threw all they... the stuff in the... So <laughs> get this. Nine hours later, he finds them. Huh. With, a, with the help of his friend, Sprinkles the Clown. He called his buddy Sprinkles the Clown to come over. So Sprinkles and Lenny are in this dumpster for nine hours, and they finally find his teeth. Oh, that's wonderful. So all's well that ended well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that. Uh, the, uh, let's see. Uh, just back to the other thing. Gary Bode. Hi, Gary. Gary says, the state is not going bankrupt because of my benefits. I assume he's a public worker. Mm-hmm. It's because of corruption. You're quite, you're quite correct. Right. It's not because of your benefits. Nobody's denying uh, the, the, the people that do a great job. It's just a matter of, hey, just think about what's going on here. And It's, it's a matter of the fact that it got overdone, yes. overextended, and it got way, way out of hand. And this was not your fault. Look, I don't blame the unions. I, when, I used, when I was doing the voting show, I used to love to have the union heads on. Right. I love them. And, and because everyone, they're great people. And for they're you, only taking what they're given, right. the politicians. And, and, he, and, and uh, he mentions the, uh, the, uh, the corruption. If you want to call it that, yes, because I think it was the New York Times once, or maybe the Wall Street Journal, they were doing an editorial piece about the New Jersey state debt. And they were talking about $20 million, right. a billion dollars behind in some area. And they said, and it's a pity because most of that money was spent to buy votes. Yeah. And that's a, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. And, and for years we've tried to explain, but people just have this misnomer that the radio station has been against uh, public workers and oh, no. teachers. No, well, it's, the, it's the relationship between the unions yeah. and the politicians now, the union that are leaders, killing the state. The union leaders are good people. They're professional people. It is their job right. to get all they can. Right. It's that's their why job they're making three hundred to, to 500000 the, the, the toughest predator at the carcass. That's why the NJEA and if the carcass guy is, is lying there yeah, waiting for it. That's sure. why the president of the NJEA is making twice what the governor makes. Well, uh, probably Lenny Dykstra did too one well, time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Berg moved from New Jersey to Colorado and still a loyal listener to the podcast. Thank you, Thank Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. My, my son Christian, that I mentioned working in the Amazon, he's up in uh, Evergreen, Colorado. Maybe you know where that is, Jeremy. They're sort of coming back and getting into some sort of a new venture, but I was talking with him last night, mm-hmm. and he's, he's there. So thank you very much. Uh, you want to do that, Lou, about the, uh, the podcast, the, the, the one that's up? Huh? Well, hey, here, I was, here comes oh my here's God, the here, director. Lou Hockman, the boss. Hi, the, right, so the I'm usually back there behind the scenes with these guys. But, yeah, if you like the podcast, this is our shameless plug. You can always get it on the New Jersey 101.5 app. You can get it on Apple Podcasts. You can get it on Google Play Podcasts. You can get it almost anywhere you can get podcasts. So if you didn't hear everything today or if you missed an episode, we really encourage you to subscribe on any of those platforms, and you can hear these wonderful people. And we, we do ask you to try to, to try to help us is what we're doing. We're trying to figure out what this is about. The first time I got called by the station after I was, had been out for a while after my accident and said, hey, would you like to do a podcast? Uh, you sound like you would be up to it. What's a podcast? <laughs> The manager, the program director at the time, says, I don't know, what, but we want <laughs> we, you to we, do one. We want to know if you want to do one. So I came in, they had a meeting, right. and what's a podcast? Well, do anything you want. You, what, like what? 
And so we went through that, but now everybody's doing podcasts. So we were kind of a, a pioneer in that area, and uh, we probably, we may be one in this area, too. But, so, it, but uh, it's great we we've need got, your we've help. Got more time to talk about the topics that you can't do yeah. in the regular radio station format because of breaks and time constraints. We could sit here and talk forever about things that interest us. And, and of course, with the past we have, going back with uh, 26, almost 30 years now with the radio station. Gosh. Went yeah. on the air in 1990. Right. It'll be, it'll and be 30 so years we, next, May, yeah, next March. Yeah. We were, invited, or we were involved in so much in New Jersey. You could go on. Everything leads to something else. Yeah. You're talking about a subject. All of a sudden, it's like the old computer with a million index cards you know, running along an assembly line, yeah. and then one or two will drop in and say, oh, by the way, i got to tell you about that. Uh, another thing, uh, as long as we were interesting, the, the governor, who, of course, is always the prime focus of attention in, in New Jersey, and as, as opposed to many states, because it's like one large town, right. you know, because of the concentration of the population and the like, uh, the legislature is proposing and passing 10 laws to enforce what would be common sense to a fifth grader, and that is ethics. <laughs> hmm. Legislature, there is a, uh, and they should put this on a banner under the flag of the State House, ethics schmethics. This is the New Jersey legislature. But uh, this has to do with this alleged rape case, which we don't have to get into. I think yeah. people know about that. But the fact that you get to the point that the, it got up to the governor, there were hearings by practically everybody, every organization in the state, trying to find out who gave the guy, the alleged rapist, a job. And nobody can say. How yeah. do you get a very high-paying job as the chief of staff in a state department organization, yeah. and nobody knows how? Nobody will say they hired him. Did he just walk in and sit down and put himself on the payroll, or what happened? And also, this also deals with that particular organization, some of these ethics, and that is because apparently when they went into this and set this up after the election, it's a new department after the election of the governor, the people running it had fired a lot of good, loyal state workers and brought in their relatives mm. and, and their cronies. Right. And so I think they disbanded the department. Did they not disband that department? I, I, I think they did. I think you're correct. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is something interesting. If you want to go on NJ1015.com, you can find out that you can get these ten measures. But they're extremely simple. Right. Like we should expand the uh, education on what is harassment. My God, you don't know, and you're the governor? Yeah. And they've got to give you a lesson? You've got, I hope they make them sit in a tiny tot's classroom, you know, with their yeah. knees up under their chin and sit there and listen to stuff. Anyway, that's going on. Oh, speaking of the governor, you see the survey? Uh, One-third of the people in New Jersey. Now, we said that there were 9 million people in the population that's in New Jersey, so that would be 3, three million, million people. Well, throw out suckling babes, you know, yeah. and maybe callow youth and nubile young maidens or something. But that's a lot of people. They don't know who the governor is. They cannot name the governor. They <laughs> cannot name any governor. A lot of people remember Governor Kane. Maybe people still think it's Governor Kane. And they still think, oh, the guy that's perfect, you know, on, on, <laughs> on the beach. So uh, that's interesting. They had a survey one time. Actually, we're improving. Uh, I wonder how many of these were the so-called millennials. Hmm. And the reason I ask that is at one time there was a survey taken during, I believe it was the Florio administration at Ryder University, it was college then, among seniors, all seniors. 
And one of the questions on the survey was, uh, who is the New Jersey governor? 50% did not know. Hmm. Now, these would be, what, 18-year-olds? Yeah. 17, 18, 19, 20-year-olds didn't know who the governor was. Hmm. However, when they, and they vote. <laughs> That's what it's all about, getting That's, those fannies in the voting booth in November. Let's see, what else we got here? Uh, oh, see, oh, the uh, in-state college tuition for people in the state legally and for veterans. I don't have a heck of a lot of problem with that. I, I don't know why the in-state college tuition should be different from the out-of-state college tuition. Yeah. Presumably, theoretically, it's because the parents of the in-state students and the students themselves are paying taxes in the state, much of which goes to the uh, uh, to education, to higher education. But these people, presumably, all you have to do, if you're paying taxes, I don't care if you come from the moon. Uh, right. Well, then, if you've got a, if there's a good school out of state that's uh, going to provide the major that you're looking for, why can't you just go there for the same price? I don't. Well, you don't have an interesting thing. This is another a side issue. Veterinary schools. We do not have a, vet a school of veterinary medicine. People who go out of state, the state will help subsidize. They'll pay their portion of the other states out oh, of state. Oh, they will. Okay, well, that's, like that's that. a good thing. I got one more thing. Uh -huh. uh, you're talking about the. Uh, uh, the governor and, and the polls on that, and uh, not knowing who the governor is. I was just wondering, in New Jersey, what would happen? Oh, there's much state uh, talk now about the UFOs. Are they real? Because the Navy, U.S. Navy has required reporting of them. Used to be they they hide it, cover it all up. And so that's back in the news again, UFOs and possibilities. What if a flying saucer landed in New Jersey? The Martian got out, the spaceman got out, and says, take me to your leader. Third of the people, I don't know who the leader is. Uh, what would they do? That's right. What would they do? 71% would know. The 71. other 30? <laughs> so I would appeal now to anybody listening on the Planet Glebe or Alpha Centauri planning on coming to visit here. Maybe you're, maybe you're a film crew for the real... You better know who our leader is the before you get here. The realistic television show out so the So you can internet, show yourself to, to our leader. Yeah. yeah, you better be very, very careful where you land. Yes. Don't land on a college campus. Right, in New Jersey. Right. <laughs> Nobody, and also there will be a big protest <laughs> yeah, for some yeah. reason or other. Yeah. I bet he supported Donald Trump. Uh, okay, I think that will do. I think that will do. Oh, we, the only thing else I had was uh, traffic delays this week. Oh, yeah. The, the worst traffic I saw was at the new Chick-fil-A drive-thru up in uh, Morris Plains. Uh, they just opened up. People in that Morris County area were waiting for mm -hmm. for months when that thing was being built. It's on Route 10 by uh, by Route 202. Mm -hmm. Jim, I'm telling you, they have a cop out there directing people into the uh, into the drive-thru. It's like a DMV inspection line. Colonel Sanders wasn't organizing a protest to beat no. up beat up the customers. No, no, no. But that's uh, pretty much it. You I, know, I think that's where I'm going for lunch. I, I want to throw one thing out to expand on later because I'm beginning to see more and more of this. I saw a poll that said that something like 18% of the people polled support all of the Democratic Party's agenda. Mm. Now, that, that's shocking. Yeah. So I think what's happening is people are being a little more selective than that because the party's gone so far out in its leadership. I think the media, and, and whether who, to whose advantage is, I don't know. I think the media is presenting a case that would appear that the loony left is invincible. And that's all we hear about when, in fact, it's not. It's all being inflated by the media because they endlessly report on that. 
There's a historical parallel when Napoleon first came ashore in France. He had a very small army, not much, but he, he sent uh, PR people, is what it amounted to, ahead in all the towns, saying this invincible army's coming. You better get rid of now, get rid of everybody. He's coming in. Just prepare it for him because you will not be able to fight this. The word got around, and he went all the way to Paris, practically walking with very few people behind him, and moved in and took over simply because the public had been convinced that there was no point in fighting this. Yeah. And I think the media is doing a similar type thing here, saying that, you know, this is a shoe-in. And uh, for, the, for the left, oh. Trump is out. And That's the beauty of the 30-second soundbite. People abdicate their opinions yeah. to what they hear in 30-second soundbites. They don't get the full story. Mm -hmm. All we can tell you is... Well, don't uh, it's, it's, don't give your opinion it, to somebody it's, else. It's some, don't give up your your critical thinking. Right. You certainly have a right, and you have a brain. Every day, we had the top. Uh, oh, one time the top consultant in this business, you know, Walter, said that this radio. He consulted a lot of big radio stations, certainly bigger ones, national network shows. Said this radio station had the most intelligent listeners of any radio station that he'd worked with. And I believe that right now. Use your critical thinking. Look behind this. You were being told that this young twit in New York and the others are running the party. They're ahead of everything. They may not be. Right. Uh, you, the emperor, look, look, look for the empress's clothes. Right. Be, uh, ang may not be. be angry that people are trying to sway your opinion without your permission. And, yes, and, and getting away with it right. without your, your influence. Make your own Well, decisions. thank you so much. Uh, gosh, I, I appreciate it. It was people great. Are, a lot of fun. People are as gracious as they used to be. It's good to know. Same time next Thursday. Same time, hopefully. Have a great week. Okay. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.